You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't and I hear you well. Hi, this is Tony Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam's Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. John Wilson, you created the Rajis 35 years ago. What... What set what me off? Is it? <laughs> yeah, but what is it real quick? If you just tell people, how do you describe people, the Razzies, when they ask you? Well, the Razzies are the opposite end of the scale from most of the 357 other entertainment award shows. So how did uh, Razzies start? Uh, it grew out of several things. The specific incident that, that gave me the idea, though, was a 99-cent double feature I attended of the village people in Can't Stop the Music and Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu. Wow. And they wouldn't give me my 99 cents back. (laughs) (laughs) I have more than gotten even for that. Um, (laughs) But on the way home from that theater, I remember driving home with my windows down because it was August and it was hot. And just off the top of my head ripping, I was thinking... Those two movies deserve an award. They were so awful. And then there's also The Formula. There's also Raise the Titanic. There's also Neil Diamond's The Jazz Singer. There's also The Blue Lagoon. There's a, 1980 was a pretty amazing year for bad movies. It was the end of the whole disco era. And um, we missed Roller Boogie by one year, darn it. But... <laughs> uh, terrible year for movies and then a lot of people don't understand a lot of people assume this comes from a place of anger and nastiness it is supposed to be funny and to be honest i'm happy to say when somebody's done a good movie we actually this year have a category that's addressing that but i grew up in a family where both my parents had been depression era kids and at least once a week their parents gave them a dime and they went to see you know, Astaire and Rogers or Cary Grant or Catherine Hepburn. And they inculcated in me that same love of movies that they had. I appreciate a good movie. I will tell you some of my favorite movie going experiences, though, are the kind of bad movies that are funny bad. Right. Those are the ones we talk about on our show, the funny bad movies. What's your favorite funny bad movie, like good bad movie? Um, it's a pretty obscure one. I, I did a book called The Official Rising Movie Guide where I talked about what I said with 100 best bad movies. There's a thing made in 1966 with the complete cooperation of the Academy called The Oscar. And it's Stephen Boyd. If anyone even remembers who he is, it would be because he was the guy in the other chariot in Charlton Heston's Ben-Hur. Um, And in the movie, he's nominated for an Academy Award and decides to destroy the other four nominees to give himself a leg up. And it's it's wall to wall with Oscar winners and cameos, people like Ed Begley and Edith Head and Merle Oberon. And um, just the cast of it is incredible. And the Academy actually let them come in and use their set and their audience to film the scene where at the end he, I don't want to ruin it, but he does not win best actor, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's cheesy. It's silly. His performance is if he was not on drugs, I'd love to hear what his excuse was. (laughs) He's yeah. He's at one point he goes, you're bringing, what is he saying? You're ruining my op with your bring down, man. (laughs) 
it's very hard to find, although there is a cable channel called Get TV that was running it the other night. I was flipping channels, and I know the movie well enough in 10 seconds. I was like, wow, they're showing the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a, a, when they end all those breakdancing movies or whatever. It's like a, a theme ride for Oscar movies. Mm-hmm. How many people were at the first Razzies? About three dozen, I think. It was in my living room. Um, the apartment I had at the time had a little alcove, and I hand-painted a banner that said First Annual Golden Raspberry Awards, and I made a cardboard podium. I stuck a foam ball on a broomstick, pretending it was a mic, and we just hauled people up from the buffet table to the alcove and said, here, you get to read the nominees for screenplay. You get to do <laughs> And I did compile. We had 10 nominees for Worst Picture that first year. I got my hands on something, a clip, a trailer, something from all 10 nominated movies. The award did eventually go to Can't Stop Your the Music. Your big success really is the, um, the press you get. I mean, more than even an award show. How did that come about? The first three years, they were in a private home. The first year, my home. The second and third years, my best friend in college happened to be the son of, of one of the creators of I Love Lucy. And that lady was an incredible human being, just a great sense of humor, as of course, if you created I Love Lucy, you'd have that. She let us use her living room, but by the fourth year, one of my clients, I do PR and um, copywriting, one of my clients said, well, have you ever thought about doing it the night before the Oscars so you don't have to compete with them? And the fourth year, we rented a high school cafetorium. We put on a very silly show. We had an opening number. We went to town, and we had UPI cover us. We had USA Today List it for the first time. CNN actually sent a crew to do a piece on us. And at that point, I realized, yeah, this has some potential. I think part of its appeal internationally, it actually gets coverage from all over the world. It's such a simple concept. It's the Oscars turned backwards, put, you know, dropped on its head, if you You're will. You're not celebrating movies like the Oscar, like good, bad movies. You're celebrating just crap. Well, we, some, of them, some of the ones we've nominated over the years, um, my favorite, uh, my two favorites that we've ever given Worst Picture to, because they are both, they were meant to be serious films, and they're just hilarious as hell. Uh, Mommy Dearest, I think, is one of the great bad movies because everybody who worked on that, I mean, the book sold four million copies. Dunaway was an Oscar winner at that point. The director had done David and Lisa. I mean, this was a serious attempt to make a movie out of a book that was just really a seven-year-old ranting that her mommy didn't treat her right. And I've never seen that with an audience where they didn't turn on it and start laughing. The other one that's probably the ultimate Razzie movie is Showgirls, the one about um, Paul Verhoeven trying to make a serious film about lap dancers in Las Vegas. I would say from the get-go, if that's your concept, you've got a problem. Well, yeah, and (laughs) we had on one of the actors from the movie, and basically Paul Verhoeven was just trying to sleep with the lead. Most of the time. That's what, that's what he, he saw. Why do you think it's lasted 35 years? Well, the, we have... A lot of people also seem to think this is me just, you know, spewing. We now have close to 800 voting members in our organization. And I think they do a pretty good job during the course of any calendar year. On our website, we have a forum where... I set up discussions of the ones that catch my attention, and we encourage members and regular moviegoers, and occasionally a critic will chime in, um, to start discussions of something they think deserves attention from us. One of our nominees this year that's in six of our nine 
regular categories is not something I've seen. That's unusual. I usually have seen this stuff. Um, it was brought to my attention by people on the forum. It's Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Oh, yeah. The tagline the tag for which is, let's put Christ back in Christmas. You can imagine how fun a movie that would be. <laughs> and um, what's interesting about it is it... it I remember one of my friends texting me, they had seen it and said, this is the most god-awful thing. And when I did some research before putting the nominating ballot together, I discovered that it is literally the number one lowest rated movie in the history of the IMDb. Not according to Kurt Cameron. No, according to Kurt Cameron, it's the second coming of Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just blatantly lied and said it's at 98 and it's at two or zero. Um, Oh, no, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a zero, but I'm talking about the IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, where they actually have a list, the bottom hundred of all time. It's you got to scroll all the way down to number one to find Saving so Christmas. How does that not win this year? How does that not sweep the awards? It might. I don't know. We, we, we just um, we've extended the voting period this year because we have so many voters. The ballots went out uh, on Martin Luther King Day because it occurred to us a lot of people have the day off and, you know, that might give us a boost in terms of getting votes. Right now, we don't we don't have final results. The polls don't close until President's Day. But, um, yeah, Kirk Cameron, he's got a shot. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> wants to join and, and vote, is it too late or can they sign up now and vote this year? Well, they, no, they, they could go to our website, razzies, R-A-Z-Z-I-E-S dot com. And uh, there's links towards the top of the page for both becoming a voting member and or for the first time ever this year we are actually opening the doors to the public and selling tickets we got a really amazing venue the Montalban in hollywood and our deal with them was we would give them a percentage of the seats to sell to to make sure that they were compensated for giving us this facility you can buy them for only 25 bucks a piece i think that's a pretty reasonable price for attending as well-known an event as ours. In the theater. Of course, that could just be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, says the, the guy who runs the event. Of course you love it. But, um, yeah. yeah, and the theater, of course, is named after Ricardo Montalban. Yes, who... Um, <laughs> is there a bad movie that he... <laughs> he really... Well, he, I always thought he was kind of funny as Khan right. in, in the Star Trek movies. He actually was a very elegant man. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and rag on Ricardo Montalban. And he was... Um, in his youth, he was a at the forefront of acclimating middle-class white America to being comfortable with Latino men on screen with Lana Turner, and I'm trying to remember who else he made. I think he did a movie with Esther Williams. But he, Montalban is a role model in the Chicano community, and deservedly so. Right, and now you're just going to ruin his legacy by having the worst movies <laughs> ever presented. Um, have you... Have you do you ever uh, get real? I know that a lot of celebrities do come out to these things. Accepted. Have you ever heard from anybody that uh, you pissed them off or hurt their feelings? Well, the the, the weirdest one, um, and it was about a dozen years ago, I think. The only movie we've ever given worst picture to that I hate. I can't. I just, ugh. A thing called Freddie Got Fingered that was written, directed by, produced by, starred a guy named Tom Green, who, if anyone remembers him, I hope they don't, he was married to Drew Barrymore at one point. Um, and his humor is, is mean-spirited and ugly, and 
it's kind of like a little kid sticking a Lego in your eye repeatedly. He thinks that's funny. And when his film swept the awards, it got five of the ten statues that year. Um, he was funny. We have a clip on our Razzie channel on YouTube. He showed up in a beat-up old Cadillac, hopped out of the car, and dropped a three-foot piece of red carpet on the sidewalk and stood there doing interviews. <laughs> that was funny. But we, as I walked him into the theater, I explained... We've rented this hall. There's someone coming in after us. We have to be out of here as quickly as we can. Tell me, which three of the five do you want to actually accept? And if you'll agree to that, when we get to the end, it did win Worst Picture. I told him. I figured he knew that. But um, I said, when we get to the end, we'll give all five awards to you in a basket. But if you insist on going up there and talking at length five times, you're only going to get three of them. <laughs> And when he got up to the stage for Worst Picture, he did one of his infamously in-your-face, quote-unquote, jokes. He, to see what we would do, he started playing a harmonica and would not leave the stage. And so we, I had told the tech guy up in the booth, I said, okay, at one minute, if he hasn't had a laugh, turn off the mic. At two minutes turn off the lights. At three minutes, we're going to drag his ass off the stage. <laughs> and we did have to. And the audience thought it was very funny. They thought it was rehearsed. It was hilarious to see. But he was livid. He At backstage, he was threatening to sue us for not letting him have the stage. And it was just a really bizarre interaction. Is there any movie that you... Uh, I feel like he was kind of kidding there, too. I'm sure he loved every minute of it. Oh, he got great. He went on um, Kathy Lee and Regis or whatever that thing was and, and had fun complaining about the way that he had been treated. Yeah. Yeah, also, in, in the fracas, a couple of his Razzies fell out of the basket and got stomped on, which I kind of thought was funny. But. <laughs> Have you ever pissed anyone? Do you feel like there's closed doors for you? Um, well, I think my... Um, <laughs> My favorite interchange with, with um, we do try to invite, once we know what one, we reach out and let them know if they want to come, like Halle Berry did, and she was hilarious. Right. Sandra Bullock did, and she was a really good sport. Um, we try to let them know, and in the, I think it was in the 90s somewhere, um, Madonna had won, I think it was Worst Actress of the Decade, deservedly right. so. And I got on the phone with her, I think it was her publicist, I'm not sure if it was her publicist or her manager, and when I explained who I was, there was this long silence, and then the woman said, what makes you think my client would accept an award like that? <laughs> and I thought, I can tell she doesn't like me anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. I said, well, not to be too blunt, but she earned it. <laughs> and the phone went clunk. <laughs> but, but it's never affected your business, your job. You've never been like... Um, I did actually, uh, at the point very early on, at the point where Bolero, the Bo Derek, John Derek um, opus about how a woman in the 1920s lost her virginity involving bulls and other whatever. Um, <laughs> I was working on a campaign for a movie that was being released by the same company. And a fellow copywriter who I thought I was friends with went to the head of that company and told them who I was. And they thought it was funny. The head of the company thought it was funny. Then he went to the vice president and without checking with her boss, she fired wow. me. And it, it, the, the picture they took me off, I got to say, 
the guy who was not really my friend, he, I hope he inherited that campaign. It was a movie called Rappin'. And it was one of those pictures you were just talking about, the whole, you know, disco thing from the um, mid-80s. Kind of got lucky. You didn't have to do rapping anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually wrote a joke copy run that I thought was just so blatantly stupid. They would never go for it. And after they fired me, they they had paid me, so they were entitled to. But they used the thing I had written as a joke. What was that? <laughs> trailer. It was like, what was it? Do you remember what it was? Uh, when your toes start tapping and your lips are flapping and you're something's something, then you're rapping. It was just <laughs> dumb as hell. And it went out in the theaters. Oh my God. It was one of those things where, like, there's no way they're going to like this. <laughs> is, is there a, another one you remember that either your favorite or just ridiculous? Well, my, my favorite thing I ever got to work on because I got to see the rough cut of it. Um, one of my mainstay clients and I did the campaign for Pia Zadora in The Lonely Lady, which is one of the great tasteless bad movies. It's within a step or two of showgirls in terms of tastelessness. And it was the rough cut was so funny. I literally fell out of my seat in the screening room with tears running down my face, gasping for air, laughing and beating my fists on the floor. <laughs> and my favorite thing about it was they then took the movie that I think it was the same week that they screened it for us. And they previewed it in Long Beach and it got laughed off the screen and they tried to take all the laughs out of it. And they ended up with a short subject. <laughs> but they, the next time I went to a screening, the producer of the movie was sitting next to me. I wasn't introduced to him um, until at the, when the lights came up at the end, he turned to me and he said, oh, you saw the rough cut, didn't you? And I said, yes, I did. And he said, well, what do you think of, of this cut? This is the one we're going to go with theatrically. And with as straight a face as I could, I said, you know, there's a scene in there where she's going crazy and she takes a shower with her clothes on and she talks to her typewriter and the little heads come spinning up at her talking about her life. And I said, it's like that the, the voices in Scarlett O'Hara's head at the end of Gone with the Wind. I cannot believe you took something that dramatic out. That's like the crux of the whole movie. And we get to the elevator and my client <laughs> turns to me and goes, what the fuck were you talking about? That was the worst. And I said, I want the clip for the Razzies, and if they don't put it in the movie, I can't get it in color. <laughs> <laughs> Did it go in? And apparently I was Bruce Mesa. They went back oh, in. Oh, that's great. Did it win that year? <laughs> oh, it won almost everything. It was the first movie ever to get more nominations than we had categories. <laughs> the other two were Battlefield Earth Do you and Showgirls. Kirk Cameron will come this year to the awards? I don't know. Um... And I don't, I would be very interested to see if he would take it as a joke or if he would become righteously Christian and claim that we were bashing, you know, his religious beliefs. I, I, I honestly don't know. He, I would say based on my impression of the movies that he has made, he's not a particularly funny guy. <laughs> but not this wacky comedy about Christmas. They, they got to make that more available. <laughs> it was in one theater, like. 50 miles outside of LA. Well, it, 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 it barely qualified. We try to follow in terms of what is eligible for our award. We try to follow um, the Academy's rules and they come up with a list every year of what's eligible. Their list is always shorter than ours, but Nicole Kidman actually had two films last year, 
one of which got fairly bad reviews. It was called, I think, Before I Wake or something like that. And the other one, she did a biopic about Princess Grace that was just slammed. I mean, it got like 96% negative reviews, but they didn't put it in any theaters. I couldn't find any proof it was released. And so, yeah, and Nicolas Cage, who did get nominated for Left Behind, which, by the way, is a remake of one of Kirk Cameron's earlier films. <laughs> you know your career's in trouble when you're remaking Kirk Cameron's Leftovers. Um, but uh, Nicolas Cage had two other films he finished uh, that could have been released in 2014 and they weren't and considering the one that got out <laughs> left behind which is a worse picture and i think the other one it's up for a screenplay um considering the quality of that you can only imagine how good those other two must have been if they didn't get released is there a movie that you wanted to have this year that you couldn't besides uh the princess grace movie um, well, I like the ones that are funny, bad, that are amusing to watch, as opposed to stuff like Inchon and The Postman, where it's like, oh, my God, this has only been on an hour and it's got two more hours to go. Um, and my favorite of those, actually, it, it made it into um, the the voting for the fifth slot for Worst Picture was very close this year. And Legend of Hercules did make the final five. That is a great bad movie. It makes the old Steve Reeves Hercules movies look like Gone with the Wind. I mean, it's just inept beyond description. And it, what's endearing about it is everybody involved really took their job seriously and they all have straight faces. And they're, there's a scene in there where it's implying that they had valet parking at Roman orgies. <laughs> I just, I just really, the guy pulled up his chariot like he was at the Oscars. What? <laughs> well, that's the worst part of the Roman orgy. You're just driving around looking for parking, <laughs> driving around looking for parking. Let's go through the worst pictures and and just give me a a pick. Which you because all the votes are not in, so you don't know yet. I don't know what's going to win. I do know what five nominees are. Right. So I'll give the nominees. You just tell me which one you want to win. Sure. Uh, Kurt Cameron, Saving Christmas, Left Behind, Legend of Hercules. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers Age of Extinction. If you're going for the one I've resented spending the time to watch, it would be Transformers 4. Um, but from the perspective of there is a sort of a backward bump that this gives to the, the movie that wins, there's a certain morbid curiosity on the public's part. The one I, I would like to see win is Legend of Hercules, but at this point, the trending doesn't suggest that that's necessarily going to happen. What is the trend you suggest? Is it Kirk Cameron? Uh, either Michael Bay or Kirk Cameron are, are going to need to come up with either a speech or an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the past, when you the Transformers movies, they've deservedly been nominated every time. But you've called it trannies, uh, right? Yeah, I got called on that, but that's. We, we revised the press release because we were getting angry emails about it. Um,. I'm from a generation where PC is, 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 I wasn't raised with that when I was a kid, and yet probably was insensitive on my part. But part of why I thought it was funny is because Michael Bay is this big macho jerk. And I was, I, originally it was to, to poke fun at him because I knew he being as in, I don't know how to word this. Um, <laughs> it was trying to tweak Michael Bay's sensibilities as someone who seems completely oblivious 
to anything but his own worldview. Right. So you're trying to take down a macho guy. Yes. In this day and age, she, that I get that, that offends people. So you got emails saying that that offends Yes. Me. Yes. The, nobody objects to the other one we did, which is to spell one of the syllables of extinction, S-T-I-N-K. So. <laughs> no, I think that that's okay. But when smelly people start getting, you know, up, oh. we'll see what happens. Yes, when the uh, the odor odorously challenged. <laughs> thank you, thank you for being PC. I'm sorry for saying. Let me apologize for saying smelly. I did not mean that. Of course, I meant odorously challenged. Years ago, um, my sister-in-law and I were trying to come up with with a PC phrase for the homeless, and I loved that we came up with the residentially challenged. This. <laughs> The worst actor, you got Nick Cage, Kurt Cameron, Kellen Lutz, Seth MacFarlane, and Adam Sandler. Now, Adam Sandler's nominated for Blended. Yes, well, he's he's what we call a repeat offender. He he has the distinction of having the first movie ever to win all ten Razzies. Uh, two or three years ago, he did this horrible thing called Jack and Jill, where he played an ad executive and his own twin cousin. And he won Worst Actor, he won Worst Actress, he won Worst Screen Couple, he won <laughs> Screenplay, <laughs> Director, Supporting Actor, Support him. Yeah, Al Pacino in that, it's, uh, oh, wow. I mean, when somebody of Pacino's status has been reduced to playing second banana to Adam Sandler, there's something wrong with the universe. <laughs> you know, this show is all about bad films, but love of bad films, and it's fun to make fun of actually shitty films but you have this redeemer award which i thought was great can you explain what that is yeah we one of the things we have realized over the years is that a lot of people in the business take this way too seriously and they're actually afraid of it and we we wanted to find a way to make it clear when you make a bad movie you made a bad movie that doesn't mean you're not capable of making something better of redeeming yourself and we call the award the razzie redeemer and the five initial contenders are all people who've been targeted by us in the past, but in the last year or so have done real quality work. Ben Affleck, anybody who could survive Geely, let alone come back from it. Um, <clears throat> he won Best Picture as a producer on Argo. And at the time we were compiling our nominees, it looked like Gone Girl was getting a lot more Oscar attention than it did. Jennifer Aniston has been a Resi nominee four times. She's up for a Screen Actors Guild Best Actress Award for Cake this coming Saturday. Mike Myers did The Love Guru and then disappeared. <laughs> and this past year, he directed a very well-received documentary called Supermensch. Keanu Reeves, who surprisingly has not won a Razzie, has been nominated six times. This year, he did a picture that was both a critical and a box office success called John Wick. And then Kristen Stewart, who you had to know she was going to get a Razzie for Twilight, Eventually, this year, she had the art house hit Camp X-Ray. And right now, she's one of the co-stars with Julianne Moore in Still Alice. So um, in the aftermath of Twilight, Kristen Stewart might actually have a whole string of good movies. Just talking about the redemption, are there any things that you regret shitting on or <laughs> backing on? Them? I wouldn't use the phrase shitting on. <laughs> what we say is we are not a slap in the face. We're a banana peel on the floor. And there have been times, I, I will admit, there have been times when what I would have voted for is not what our members chose. The year that famously, because Bill Cosby embraced it, and look where he is now, 
Um, <laughs> he did a thing called Leonard Part Six that he himself went on the talk show circuit begging people to please not go see this awful thing, which of course meant our whole membership went as a group on opening night. But um, that year there was a picture Norman Mailer had written and directed called Tough Guys Don't Dance. It is a very obscure film, but it's that would have been my choice, and I would have picked Ryan O'Neill in that as the worst performance. There's a clip from that every chance I get at the show we include it. There's a scene where Isabella Rossellini has written him a letter and she's saying, your wife and my husband are having an affair. Let's not talk about it unless we plan to kill them. And as he's reading the letter, he gets to a promontory point with the ocean behind him. And Norman Mailer, I don't know how he set this up, he has the camera literally start spinning around Ryan O'Neill standing on this hilltop and Ryan O'Neill is endlessly saying, oh, God, oh, man, oh, God, oh, man. I don't know if I can convey how utterly ridiculous that moment is. I think I found it on, on YouTube at one point because I was curious. If you go on YouTube and type in uh, worst scene ever, that, that scene. It ought up. to. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'll share one more anecdote. Um, I actually worked on the campaign for Tough Guys Don't Dance, and I interviewed Norman Mailer. And from seeing the dailies, the picture was assembled after I had done all the interviews, but Norman Mailer made that movie as a serious adaptation of a best-selling book he himself had written. But again, they took it and previewed it in Long Beach, and it played as a comedy. And Norman Mailer, I would give him credit, it was a brilliant strategy on his part, once he saw that it was going to be laughed at, suddenly... He had meant it as a comedy all along, and it left us with egg all over our face because we had promoted it the way he had made it. But the the critic at the L.A. Times, when he heard Norman Mailer had meant it to be funny, he gave it a rave review as a satire. And I'm sorry, no, it wasn't. It was an ineptly directed, badly written, horribly acted little piece of crap. <laughs> it was like Tommy Wiseau in uh, Oh, yes, room, you're kidding me, yeah. Julie, aren't you? Or is it Lisa? I'm sorry. <laughs> Lisa, Julie. Has he ever been to uh, the Razzies, Tommy? We could probably Tommy invite Wazzies. him, but I think that he, I'm not sure from seeing the material on the DVD with the room, um, if he really gets that people aren't laughing with him, they're laughing at him. Um, that is one of the most sincerely inept movies. It's almost on a par with Ed Wood. The room is, oh, is yeah, quite amazing. Right. And um, the, yeah, there's a certain endearing quality to ineptitude if it's, if it's sincere. If it's somebody who just can't do any better, I suppose that's kind of sad. But um, yeah, Tommy Wiseau, is that his name? Yeah, he, he's... And it's interesting, as far as I know, he's never done anything else. He's still touring. My son is a, a college student at a film school now, and he and a bunch of friends went to see it, and Wuzo was there. And my son loves that movie, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, film student, when I would go see it, um, I'm too cool to see it now. And, but um, when I'd see it, it was always packed with film students, and I think they loved it so much because it's this cathartic thing of, what if everything went wrong? Yeah. What if nothing went right? You know? <laughs> what, and, and he's got, I'm trying to remember, 
I think there's two places in the movie where suddenly a song just starts playing and there's no reason for it. And he does like a real, like a stoned out of your skull music video. To the, I think one of them is in the middle of a, a bedroom scene, but um, yeah, he, he really was so has, and he, you can't do what he did on purpose. That's part of what's appealing about it. You can't set out to make a bad movie. I've always um, dismissed the killer tomatoes, movies because they were trying to be bad and you you almost cannot do the only one i know of that set out to be a bad movie and it was brilliant is beyond the valley of the dolls which was co-written by roger ebert when is uh when is your live show the awards we since that fourth year we have done the night before we are on oscar eve saturday february 21st uh at the montalban if you just type in the montalban.com on your server it'll take you to the page where you can order yourself some tickets and see what we've been talking about for the last however long it's been all right well thank you very much john thank you adam that we're, we're out of time for this interview <laughs> but i'm looking forward to seeing legend of hercules i'm glad you like that so much. oh yeah you should do you know who jeremy johns is the internet critic yeah. No, I love him. You should look him up. It's J A H N S. Um, he picked Hercules as his number one worst movie of the year. He has <laughs> when he really doesn't like a movie, he ends it by saying this movie was, and then a big piece of poop splats on the screen that says dog shit. <laughs> 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 I love Jim. We're trying to get hold of him to see if he'd let us use that review in our ceremony for Hercules.